Welcome back to another exhilarating episode of the internet's only official podcast. It's your same four dweebs. And today, we're joined by the Logan Marshall Green. Take the stage, man. Tell us about yourself. Yo, what's going on, guys? I am the definitive article, the Logan Marshall Green. And <laughs> I obviously think my shit doesn't stink because I'm talking like that. Um, <laughs> how are you guys doing? Not too bad, man. It's not often that we're graced by like a super alpha Chad like you are. So this is pretty uh, intimidating, for lack of a better word. Oh, you're sweet. It must be a very slow week over there. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just wrapped up with a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, little billionaire and other internet celebrities. You know, big deals. They make 10 minute long videos, you know, with like a camera <laughs> and everything. It's probably foreign to you. No, it's good to be here, man. I'm glad you you guys reached out. Uh, I, I, you know, particularly didn't, if, if I'm being honest, didn't know who you guys were. Um, and still don't. Um, How dare you? I know, right? But it was obvious just, I, you know, to be truthful, like the follow the breadcrumbs back. I, I watched, Charlie, your, um, your review of okay. the movie I did, Upgrade. Oh, and it, it just reminded me of you know you know your movie i particularly think your movies it's always a, the highest compliment it's not what is said about your film but how it is said how it is interpreted how it is spoken of and and i just thought you were so intelligent in in what you said charlie and and also Ooh. how you what you took from it and how you digested it and i and i thought i want to know more about this guy and certainly um that led to, to me being here talking to you guys now. Well, fuck yeah, man. I appreciate those kind words. Your movie is fucking fantastic. Yes, I highly please, encourage. Yes. Yeah, I highly encourage anyone who hasn't seen Upgrade to see it. Andrew and I saw it together and we were jerking each other off in the theater to that movie. Oh man. It's like fucking I, beautiful. We were we were we were really all over the place with it. It's like cuz a lot of reviewers were like, "Oh, it's a big gore fest and kind of a horror movie." And then other people were like, "Oh, it's low budget and kind of just under the rug." And we were like, "You know, it seems interesting and cool. We're kind of hype. We honestly were just expectations just annihilated it was great from start to finish really enjoyed it thank you guys appreciate it that brings me to the question that i really wanted to ask right away man so you've worked on upgrade being like your biggest lead role but you've worked on a lot of, a lot of other huge projects like prometheus and spider-man homecoming how does it differ working on something like upgrade which is a lower budget movie compared to something massive like a marvel movie or uh, the ridley scott prometheus movie you know, the biggest difference when it comes to, let's just say it, a budget, is time, right? Time mm-hmm. is money, and that and that saying is tr- truly applicable to the film industry. So, you know, that, but when it comes to process, there's no difference. Now, that said, you're just running and gunning under a, a different clock, but if you kind of, you know, it same goes like playing video games. If you can slow the game down, you're just going to be better. So, but it's the same clock for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the same goes with filmmaking. If you have a great director like Lee Winnell, who's able to slow the game down for himself, then you can achieve more in less time. And um, and I find that that is the only difference. You know, is everybody's working on the same clock, but the good ones know how to slow it down, even though. <laughs> You know, it's taking away from others just as fast. Does that make sense? 
Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. So they, the real skill comes in, you do have that massive project, but you can kind of pull what you need out of it at the right times and kind of fit the pieces where they need to go. Yeah, you didn't say that, Andrew. That's You, you missed the point. <laughs> okay, I guess I missed it entirely. But, 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 but that's it exactly. I mean, you know, in some of those bigger pieces, you get, you know, sometimes a week to shoot a, a sequence or set piece, whereas you have half a day to a day on a smaller budget like Upgrade to achieve what you're setting out to do. So you, so preparation really is the word that you said is everything. Um, you, you, you are, you can gain preparation as you go in some of the bigger machines, but when you're shooting independent film, you have to have, you know, your T's crossed and your eyes dotted. Mm-hmm. So on that same subject, did you hate Prometheus? <laughs> no, man. Uh, well, the um, the product was was not nearly and never would be, even before I saw it, uh, was going to, was ever going to overshadow the process. The process on shooting Prometheus was just a dream. It was ideal. Um, you know, it's the same thing you hear in an independent film, which is, you know, right when you arrive on set is let's let the director and the actors have the set. And, and and to be able to hear that every day was fantastic. Because, you know, Ridley Scott, he shoots nine to five. He's like Clint Eastwood. Um, you know, mm-hmm. overtime, there's none of that. And and you make your days. Um, and um, But it was a very familial um, place to work. We were all hanging out on the weekends. Nobody was sick of each other. And, and when I say everyone, I mean all the cast, the heads of the department, Ridley was beating people in ping pong until, you know, up until... <laughs> 4 a.m. Um, it was just, you know, we all cooked dinner. It was just, it was just one of those things. The process was never gonna was was never gonna be overshadowed by the product. And I, I like the movie a lot. I think it's beautiful. But what I was being asked to do was play a very unlikable character. Um, <laughs> so I knew I, I knew I as an actor was going to take that on the chin. You know, if I yeah. did my job correctly. Um, so I can't say it was my favorite character to play, but I knew he served the purpose. I feel that. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone, just as a someone general, has to do it. Yeah, as a general statement, uh, Ridley Scott, I will clap those fucking cheeks in ping pong, man. I am an absolute <laughs> monster at ping pong. I, you know, you say that, and Rid is now pushing. I think he's eighty now. Oh, yeah, even easier. Even easier. Yeah, it's the prime time to uh, take him off of his pedestal. No, <laughs> no, he will fuck you up. <laughs> oh, I, I would love to see Ridley stretching out for the balls like I would, man. I'll tell you right now. Again, he slows the game back. <laughs> the, the balls come to him. Goes flying all over the place. Would you say Ridley's the better director or the better ping pong player? What should he pursue at his end game? <laughs> right. I think. I think uh, everything Ridley does, he does a hundred percent. I was. I was gonna say it must have been such like an immense honor to work with someone as prestigious as Ridley Scott. And in, and in a universe that he built, it wasn't just yeah. a Ridley Scott movie, it was him returning to a universe that he had left behind and a genre he had left behind for 30 years. Um, you know, all I knew was that it was a Ridley Scott sci-fi. So when I was allowed to read the script, because I, we were very, we were gaining interest, all I knew was as a fanboy, holy <laughs> shit, I'm going to read a Ridley Scott script or a science fiction. And I knew as most did at that point that he had not done science fiction since alien. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I turned page whatever 63 and realized, holy shit, this is alien. Oh my God. I, I shat my pants. <laughs> I cleaned my pants up. And then I told them I would do it. Side of God. How does that audition process go, man? Because not to toot my own farts here, but I was an extra in the Hunger Games, and that process was very <laughs> simple, very simple. But I imagine for something like that, it's got to be many, many, many obstacles. What does it? What does it typically look like? Well, if I'm if I'm starting at the beginning, uh, I I got Prometheus probably because I was doing an off off Broadway play at the time, and and um, the casting director saw it, Av. Um, and she brought me in the next day and, and 24 hours later, I was on a plane to London to get fitted in a spacesuit. Oh shit. So you, you <laughs> landed the Wait, you went to space before filming Prometheus? <laughs> that's incredible. Call, call it, call it, you know, call it what you will, but that's his process. <laughs> but I might as well have, because, you know, I, I my my schedule my was going to a rundown ninety seat theater every day to being flown into London and to Pinewood Studios and and jumping headfirst you know into that into that movie. You just kind of landed that role without even having to go through all those uh, those hoops and such. It sounds like is that fair to say? Yeah, there weren't a lot of hoops. It was an audition. It was a quick Skype meeting. What we're doing with Ridley, and then I was on the plane the next morning. That's fucking wild. Man. And then that must have really of... impressed them. Yeah, yeah, Christ. I'm guessing that uh that got the ball rolling though into your other movies. Like I'm guessing that's what really picked it up for you to land other places and get your foot in other doors. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't view it that way. I'm sure maybe some do because I can't say I've ever pushed myself out there in in an exposure uh, way. You know. Um. I, yeah, but I've been acting in film and um, TV since 2002. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, for me, that was eight years later into my career. So um, I had done movies. I had done TV. I, I, I can't say that it was opening doors in any different way for me, but it certainly put me um, in front of eyeball and in more eyeballs than I was used to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Makes sense, but the, yeah. The eyeballs out there are totally different than the business eyeballs. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. at least broken my water <laughs> um, <laughs> to, uh, to birthing my career, let's say. Uh, with- <laughs> That's a gross <laughs> metaphor. Oh, you, all, you guys will use it in the next podcast. You know it. <laughs> yeah, next time I land a Ridley Scott role, I'll make sure to use that analogy. I broke your water. <laughs> yes. Speaking, speaking of broken water, though, this this is something I, I need to address right away, man. When you Google Logan Marshall Green, are you aware that the autofill immediately says Tom Hardy right after that? And how do you feel about that? I'm not aware of that. That's cool. Are you aware that you look a lot like Tom Hardy, and people are constantly looking at Tom Hardy after you? Because that's fucking wild, man. Um, that's something that I've been aware for a while because. Uh, you know, I knew his manager and I didn't know who he was back then, but in the turn of the century, um, I was always aware of a British actor that I, I looked like. Yeah. And I think this is before he did Bronson. So before he had really made that big leap mm-hmm. in his career. So I've been aware of Tom as an actor and a good actor 
stage actor for a while. Do you think you could beat Tom Hardy in a fight? Like, if it came down to you and him, would you would you wipe the floor with him? Um, I don't know about that. I, I think uh, <laughs> if I'm being, but you know, here's what I'll say. Uh, as you know, <laughs> it's not about the size of the fight of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So um, I, I don't, I don't, I think he'd probably beat my ass. You know, when it comes to his size, but um, uh, you know, I'm I'm somebody who's got squirrely knuckles. Okay, okay. Well, that could give you a little edge, I guess. If you were going up against him when he was in fucking like Bane shape, maybe I'd say you had no chance. But I think maybe those squirrely knuckles might give you an edge. Well, I'm love and not a fighter. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, moving on then from fucking Tom Hardy, we'll go back to Upgrade because I want to know a little bit more about that. How does that movie really come to fruition? Like, what I mean by that, a lot of those scenes are so incredibly fucking demanding on both, like, a a special effects level and on, like, an acting level. How many times do you have to go through each scene before it's finally up to to snuff and ready to be, you know, stamped, approved in in the movie? Well, I mean, how is simple. Again, it's preparation. And how many... Um, is dictated by all the other thousand elements that come into place, <laughs> you know, come into play when you're making a movie. So we had to get lucky, and because that's what making great movies is, is luck. But as you guys know, stupid saying, you know, luck is preparation and timing. Um, mm-hmm. And so that certainly came into, came into play, because when I walked on the stage, we had prepared, I had prepared with this incredible stunt team and this mo- movement, uh, my movement coach and Lee, we had prepared all the physical fights, right? What we hadn't prepared is how we're going to rub our tummy and pat our head with this emotional passenger, which I was preparing on my by myself at home. And um, so I didn't know, to tell you the truth, how it was going to work. And Lee and I have said it before. We didn't know if it was going to work. And not only do we feel like it worked, but there was this whole new absurd element that happened. Um, that we tapped quickly into because it was it was right there. It was visceral um, in, in you know in the reaction, uh, looking at it on set, and also just the crew and the cast around it. It was um, it was alive, if you will. Lee is such a good director and knows what he's got that he tapped quickly into it, and that's what we uh, pursued for the rest of the shoot. And but it's it's always uh, you know you can. You can go home thinking, man, what a day. I killed it. I left it on the field. Boy, does, you know, does my shit smell like roses? And the next day, <laughs> you know, you, you blow it, um, you know, and you and you, you didn't you didn't hit it. So every day when you have and we had 31 to shoot every day counts, you know, and um, and uh, but it all comes down to preparation. Were there any days on the set of Upgrade where you did blow it? Are there any, like, tales from the set where maybe something happened that shouldn't have happened? Or any of your movies, really. I mean, you know, when I I can't ever really say that, uh, you know, you you never know. For me, whenever I look back on my films and I'm like, ugh, jeez. It's not so much that um, I knew it that day, you know, because you're so Mm. in it. I, I feel like if you're if you're doing your job correctly, you're not judging your performance. You should just be simply reacting, being right, breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's not so much uh, remembering that moment I blew it on the day. It's more about oh, that's how they edited it. Oh, interesting. So that's 
what that performance is, you know, because there is the movie you write and there's the movie you shoot and there's the movie that you cut. And truly, the movie you cut is just going to be the movie. Um, so you can be as good as you want and they can cut you. Mm-hmm. They can look bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they can. You can have a bad day. And if you've got a good editor and a good director, suddenly that bad day becomes the scene everybody talks about in the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that goes into it that, you know, we can have critics in there and they can talk about how good or bad the movie was. But in the end, nobody else knows. <laughs> you know? Nobody truly knows what goes into making a movie good. And that's why it's so amazing just, A, getting your movie made, and B, getting your movie made and making it good. Feel that man, right. yeah. Hunger Games mocking Jay Part One could have been a lot better if they left my fucking scene alone. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent on your side with that one. Now, are you serious? Were you a background artist in in the Hunger Games? I love that you put it artist. that way, Logan. Yeah, I, I would consider myself of the top level background artists on that set. Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rent it and and. You won't see him. You'll see maybe his hand. So, yeah, you'll be you'll point. be looking for a while if you watch the movie. Well, let me ask you a question, John. It, 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 did you do it? Were you a one and done background artist? Because for well, me, I don't know how anyone does background work and comes to <laughs> comes to work the next day. Well, I, I love that you're shitting on me, Logan. Well, you see, I wasn't <laughs> you. I just am saying it's ruthless, a, and it's hard work. Yeah, I agree. I I put it all on the field, like you said. I, <laughs> I walked out of there bruised, bloody, scarred. It was it was some rough shit, but. I was in two scenes, actually, little-known fact. The second scene is far less impressive because my arm isn't in it. But the first scene, I had a line, Logan, and they cut it. You know what that does to a man, Logan? Well, it guts you, doesn't it? Yeah, it fucking guts you. Let me tell you. I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I had, I just finished, this is going to sound like a shameless segue into a plug, but it's not because I haven't spoken about it really at all. I just finished uh, directing my first feature. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's yeah. that I wrote, all right? And I have a lot of friends in it, but I also have a lot of incredible actors in it as well who are not my friends, but are my friends now. But the point of this being, <laughs> uh, Charlie, is to hope, hopefully give you some perspective. I cut a lot of people out of my movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God I'll never make it then. <laughs> Listen, it's not because they were bad. It's just simply what serves the movie the best, right? And the funny part of it, though, and I say that to make you feel better, but also to let you know that I am now trying to get a lunch with a friend of mine who is a very good director and find out from her how the hell I deliver this information and when I deliver this information to my friends. Well, what you should do, invite them all to the screening and go, all right, pay attention for your parts, everybody. And then so when they complain, the just walk out. Yeah, just leave. <laughs> just leave them to their own devices. Let them figure it out. Use and yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and get it all done in one fell swoop, right? Well, here's here's how you rectify it. You do that. You cut it how the movie needs to be. But then at the end, under special thanks, just put everybody. Ooh, yeah. You see, you guys were still in it. Yeah, I didn't even get that. Put them into the family photos. There's some plan of attack there. I think you just cut the entire movie, cut them all out, and get a new cast. <laughs> yeah, still invite yeah, them all. Yeah. Still invite them all to the premiere. Yeah, cut cut every one of your friends out, but then hire like real A listers, like Robbie Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, and be like, "Well, I had to cut you as Robert Downey Jr. What do you want me to do? How could I not?" Well, some of them are good though. Some of them are A listers. That's the thing. Oh, so I can't. You know. Okay, then 
we'll do it the reverse. You cut the A-listers, and then you hire the four of us to play the lead roles. Exactly. <laughs> I just I'm just going to blame me. It's my fault. I'm a horrible director. And, well, and we'll see. Maybe Charlie's onto something. You could say you owed us. Like, yeah, I was on their podcast, so I had to, you know, do something for them. That's why they're in the I'll movie. Get you next time. <laughs> Willing, I'm, I'll dump it all on you. No problem. Please. Yeah, just honestly, just throw us under the bus. Yeah. If Ridley Scott doesn't take me up on ping pong as a result, you know what? So be it. If you've ever showered or brushed your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, we've got some great news for you. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. I think I'll focus on the fact that Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready in the bathroom, such as their shave butter, which is some of the best shaving cream. I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it cream, but the best shave aid, we'll call it that, I have used in my life. Doesn't lather up to get in the way, lets you see what you're doing. Makes your skin super easy to shave. Why don't you give them the details, Jackson? Well, yes, Dollar Shave Club. That Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Everything that the boys just mentioned, you know, shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Even even toothpaste is available through Dollar Shave Club's fantastic daily essential starter set. You can get your daily essential starter set by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash official. You can get that for five bucks. That's only five bucks for all those things, and of course the amazing razors. So go check it out. Keep the blades coming for a few bucks a month, and all that's yours. Dollshaveclub.com/official. Is that something you ever worry about, though? Like, uh, you know, you said you had friends on the set, and you did have to cut some of their their content. Do you ever worry that they'll like hold a grudge against you now, or anything like that? Are you pretty tight knit and don't have to worry too much about them coming over in your sleep and like farting in your face? No, because it's not about. Like I said, uh, I mean, I. I actually would love for them to come over and fart my face. Mm-hmm. If they can, I can. Sorry. That would be a next level kind of friendship move. Um, I would know that they felt like they were important in my life. Um, I would say it's just because it's it has nothing to do with their performance. Otherwise, I would be a little more, you know. But in the end, I'm the director. It's my movie. It's what's best for the movie, and that's going to have to be that. Yeah. Fair enough. Then Makes just hitting sense. them with the hard facts. Yeah. Everybody's, uh, uh, you know, we're all we're all we're all big boys and girls. So now, uh, Charlie, I was just gonna say, have you seen the Hunger Games Mockingjay, Logan? Not to harp on this too much, I'm well <laughs> over this uh, this tragedy. But have you seen it? I mean, look, man, I I read those books way mm-hmm. before those movies came out. Mm-hmm. I loved those books. I watched the first one. Is that the one you're talking about? No, it's the uh, be the third one, Mockingjay Part One. No, I only watched the first one and then quickly went, I don't want to ruin the books. So I yeah. Now, would you have watched the movie had you known my part didn't get cut? Of course. And yeah. I plan on re-watching all of them in a binge. No, 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 no. Keep boycotting. You're doing, you're doing the right thing now. You're supporting my cause by not watching. I Just see. Of, yeah. Oh, I see. Fight the power. Fuck them. Exactly. Fuck them. Yeah. You hear that, Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence... <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence personally cut me out of the movie. <laughs> she, yeah, she became the, editing, the director. This guy in particular. It wasn't even the director that wanted you out. Jennifer Lawrence herself was just like, I don't, I don't want his scene in the movie. Just pull him out. Yeah, so, well, you know what? I've moved on. <laughs> and that's more than I can say for the Rotten Tomato scores of the last two Hunger Games. Ooh. So, Logan, you uh, you mentioned earlier you kind of look back on your older films and older acting gigs with, you know, a different light than when you were doing them at the time. 
How do you feel when you kind of view your performances either on your own or with, I don't know, your friends or family? Do you get that thing a lot of actors get where it's like, oh, I can't watch myself. I feel so awkward. It feels terrible. Or are you cool with it? Like, how does it, how does it go for you? Um, I don't really, yeah, I don't watch my old stuff or anything I've done with like friends other than like, you know, premiere, I guess that you kind of have to, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, it's not because I'm like, oh, I can't watch myself or even pretend because I probably could, but I just don't care. Um, yeah, you, you know, you make choices as someone else and you're in character. I don't know. I just I I decided early on I'm not going to be precious about it. I'm going to orphan them to, you know, someone else and let it be, man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really watch. I, a lot of my stuff I've done, I've never watched. A lot of movies, a lot, most of the TV, um, I have not watched, to tell you the truth. Well, I hope you've watched Upgrade. It's a really good movie. <laughs> I have watched Upgrade, thank you. And it is a good movie, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, Upgrade is one of a few movies that I'm, I, I stand very proud behind and would watch any time, you know, if needed. And, um, you know, uh, but really it's just, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of um, fanfare in this business, too much and not enough work. Um, and so I, I, I consider myself a more of a blue collar uh, type actor. And, and I punch in, I punch out, when I punch out, it's, it's done. Well, I think that's a fair work philosophy to have. What do you think is probably the, the worst thing going on in Hollywood at the moment? The treatment of women. Um, Patriot. You know, I think it's uh, the uh, unbalanced, um, you know, system of men and women. And, and I'm really happy to see that uh, with the Me Too movement and, and not just the Me Too movement, but uh, there's some real systemic changes happening. I hope that it stays, you know. Um, but I would say if that's, I'm not sure if that's the answer you're looking for, but that definitely is the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, so we're looking for is the one in your mind, so... <laughs> yeah, I guess any answer to the question was the right one. I was gearing more towards, like, a like a stunt. A lot of the stunt people, they don't really get treated all that well based on, you know, the knowledge that I'm given. And it's not like I have, like, personal reporters on the set of Hollywood movies. I just mean, like, articles. Like, do you see that in the movies you've worked on? Have you ever seen, like, a stunt man get, like, real fucked up from a stunt or anything like that? I mean, look, I'm not a stunt man, so let me just start with that. <laughs> but, but I will say I've been around a lot of stunt artists, men and women, who some have been hurt um, taking the fall, but I, I think they would not dis- – I don't think they would disagree with me when I say that that's their job. I don't think you're not going to find a lot of stuntmen who are going to complain about, you know, getting hurt. Now you'll find a lot of ADs and stunt coordinators complain about safety. So if it could have been avoided, that's a different thing. But, um, you know, uh, you know, they're part of my union. Um, and, and, uh, and the, and the good ones don't get hurt because they're, they only play with people who know how to, be safe and, and, and ADs who know how to create a safe working environment. Um, but you'll, ne- you'll never, you'll always 
find five to 15 people who will run up to a stunt performer and say, are you okay after the big stunt, right? Mm -hmm. You will never hear a stunt performer say, no, I'm not. I really hurt my arm on that one. You'll only ever see a thumbs up and an incredible attitude out of these guys and gals. And that's what makes them so amazing is that you don't find a lot of complaints in that compartment. Now you might, you probably should. (laughs) 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 When they're all mangled, they can't, they can't even stand up. (laughs) But I will say to me that, you know, that, that um, stunt performers are treated unfairly. I, you know, in general, I will say there are certainly though some stunt performers who are working in unfair conditions. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. That uh that kind of segues into a question I had, Logan. Who would you say are some of the real unsung heroes of Hollywood? I mean, like with each movie you have like, you know, hundreds of people pouring in thousands of hours, but the mainstream audience really doesn't think about all who did the sound design or the lighting or this or that. Who are some people that you really don't think get enough respect or gumption? I mean, I think no doubt about it, like uh director of photography. Mm-hmm. Um Cinematographers, I, I feel like have always kind of been um, put to the side. I, I think casting directors um, o- only of late have they even gotten a union, um, and, and even that that's still in the works. Um, and I'd say more than anyone, editors. A lot of that is new to me too because I only have just finished directing my first feature. So to see all of the men and women who go into making a, a movie. I had been savvy and privy to, of course, the production part and some of the pre-production, but the post, I had no idea how much goes into that. And certainly um, the editor is so vital to the movie. Because again, it's the one you write, it's the one you shoot, it's the one you cut. Right. Yeah. I mean, the actors, except for reshoots, wouldn't really be part of post-production at all, would they? Yeah, not at all. Um, very rarely would you be invited into the edit uh, unless you're a producer on it as well. So, Logan, what is your dream project then? I, I know you just wrote and directed your own feature, but let's say you've got unlimited time, unlimited, unlimited budget, unlimited pick of talent, anything. What do you think would really just satisfy that creative itch? I think um, some scenario in which I'm directing, let's just go with the a john Muir biopic really where i get to direct in the woods and be amongst nature at the same time you know what i mean mm-hmm. you big nature guy I, I do i like the woods i like being alone I, I you know if i wasn't an actor i always said i'd be a wildlife photographer um i i i feel at home there and and certainly i love that's one of the things i love about acting is you get to actually work out in the woods and in different parts of the world and you know i just i'm an outdoors guy so i mean that's totally fair what is the like the shittiest movie you think you've seen personally over the last couple of years the emoji movie oh, wow. <laughs> you had that prepared so <laughs> oh man for anyone who's listening who knows me who's, who's involved in it i don't care i fucking hated it and i think it's the death of cinema damn so you're saying a movie that the Patrick Stewart was a main character in is a piece of shit. What didn't he play a piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> you you caught my wordplay. Circle. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I, there are great people involved in that movie. That movie um, set back the cinematic movement. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much would it... We went backwards with that movie. There's definitely a thing that where an actor will take a role even though they don't like it for the pay if it's really good. But I mean, last couple of weeks ago we had on David Cross who did the Chipmunk movies and even in his own words he didn't like doing the movies but it, as he put it it paid for a nice summer home right like what would your price be to play in the emoji movie emoji movie 2 Logan's adventure emoji movie two. you could you could, I definitely have a price there's no doubt about it we could be here next year and I'd be like look guys I took the emoji <laughs> <laughs> we bring you back on for a follow-up after emoji too i'm shameless i have two kids they're in private school need i say more so i will take a money job um <laughs> for me it's not so much a price i've always kind of repeated what someone once told me which is you you need two of three when it comes to choosing what you're going to do mm-hmm. and the three are art fun money and if you can get two or three you do the movie now wait a minute wait a minute david cross as as doing... the emoji movie two pays me it's not going to be an artistic endeavor <laughs> but is it fun do i get to act with somebody like patrick you know stewart uh you know in a in a booth fine sure great grant sign me up Fuck yeah, you heard it here first. Logan Marshall Green will be in the next Emoji movie. Fuck yeah. The question about what you guys have fucking blown here is which Emoji would I be? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot there was more than one, yeah. Fucking, I mean, it's just I laid it on a T for you. (laughs) Okay, well, take your own question here, Logan. Which (laughs) Emoji would you play? (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for my phone and I stop myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I want it off the top of your head. You gotta remember the emojis. Well, I, I guess the question is, which emoji would I be cast as? Not because I have no choice, right? In this matter, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. Well, no, you're you're directing this film. You produced it. Do you, <laughs> do you think that you would uh you'd be the Tom Hardy emoji? I think we should put this rumor out there that I'm directing emoji the emoji movie. <laughs> Directorial debut. Deadline. No, it'll be it'll be my my sophomore. Yeah, I mean that's a perfect sophomoric move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sophomore though. I don't know which uh which emoji now that I've 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 put it in your faces, I don't know which emoji I would be. Um because I don't remember which ones were in that first film. Um but I, I do like uh I do like that alien that alien head. Was he which, Oh the the, well, gr- the now, gray wait one. a minute. Yeah, you I were know. in Prometheus, wasn't that literally just about the alien emoji? I don't know, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I do a fucking mean emoji. I mean, I'm not kidding. My emoji game is beyond all of it. The fuck is an emoji? Are you like a 14 yeah, year old girl? <laughs> what is that? Stop, Joe. You're you all are all of you millennials. Uh... I don't know. What, what's you guys don't know what an emoji is? What the fuck is an emoji? I know. You know? What an it's the ones that iPhone put out that you that actually talk. They use your fake the facial recognition and oh yeah oh, right. yeah like me's oh. but for the iPhone. Oh, it's not animal. It's it's animated. Yeah. Fifteen seconds long, no longer. Anyway, I, I'm gonna Charlie. I'm gonna throw some at you on Twitter. <laughs> I can't fucking wait to see. You your should like him do your uh, SoundCloud while you're at it too. Yeah, do you have a rap career coming up on the SoundClouds as well? 
I thought maybe you were talking about is that is that what it is? is SoundCloud to MySpaces to like music? Yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah, SoundCloud's become the haven for like the uh, the Minecraft outcasts. Yeah. yeah, the deplorables. That's a good way of putting it. If you have any internet presence in any way, you can bet you throw your SoundCloud at it left and right. That's fun. <laughs> you know, I have like one file in a SoundCloud attempt, and I think it was a toilet flushing. That you know that just about sums up the platform, man. Congrats, you won SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. You gamed the system. I think it was a a London toilet that I thought wow. sounded hilarious when it flushed. It like sang and had a high pitched weird whine to it, and it was my first and only SoundCloud. Drop the mic on it, then you you've already bested the rest of them there. You know when I think a. Uh movies and actors and big time hollywood men i think about looking good and i know that as a man you get to have that high functioning modern class presented to you with an amazing watch or pair of sunglasses and i can get them through movement it was made by two college dropouts starting their own watch company so that way you don't have to break the bank getting amazingly high class and expensive looking watches because these watches are only 95 dollars when normally at a department store, you would pay four to $500. That's like five times the price. Way too much. For the same amount of class, that is ridiculous. I don't enjoy that. Should be illegal. Which is why Movement is taking steps in legislation. Kaya, why don't you tell them about Movement's new fiscal policy? Well, the fiscal policy is that you get to keep more of your money. None of that fucking communism shit, alright? So, you can get a good-looking watch. One that looks deluxe. The elite class of upper echelon watches that uh, presumably all the people at the dinner parties wear for you know starting at just 95 bucks at mvmt.com slash official wait get 15 percent off by going to that link mvmt.com slash official you, you get the idea spell it out somebody um i don't know uh, m i don't know movies all right, we need a we need a theme. Obviously, let's do uh, let's movies, do uh, yeah, movie star movies. Just come on. Minions. That's actually a good point. All right, uh, Charlie Duvi. What was your, what, wait, what was yours? Minions. <laughs> Minions. Minions. Um, I'll take ugh. T for Tarzan. I'll take the other M for Middle Earth. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Order, you cunts. <laughs> I'll flip it around in editing. We'll get that. Chop it up really bad. Yeah, are we still waiting on my V? Yeah. <laughs> We've already said V for Vendetta. You can't do that. I know. Yeah. And we said <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, movies starting with V. Yeah. This ad read uh, has gone on right. for like three minutes at this point. All right. Uh, Vertigo, Charlie. Use that Vertigo. One. Yeah, Classic yeah. Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Get 15% off. So, Logan, we can we can breach this topic now. I can tell that you're bouncing in your seat, excited. You play video games as we've as we've shot back and forth. I hear you're a big Fortnite man. No, no, you, you got it backwards. Your, your intel's off. You're a big PUBG man. Oh, really? Well, 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 well. Actually, I, me and my squad played Fortnite the day it dropped oh. because fucking console peasants so all we could eat was this crumb called <laughs> fortnite and we knew it being this you know this f- single player mode but then they dropped the battle royale and i was on it because i was watching a lot of streaming on pubg h1z1 i've been watching battle royale 
streamers for a while. So I ate it up. I was right there day one. It opened. So I actually did. We, my squad, we raped people in Fortnite. Jesus. You were actually good at it? Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say, well, we're, we're day one. I mean, we literally are day one when it dropped mm-hmm. on the console for Xbox. So um, it was it was sh- like shooting fish in a barrel. Now it's toxic. It's horrible. It's um, it, it it's un it's unplayable in my eyes. You can say it. it's filled with children. Yeah, <laughs> little little kids who want to see Thanos stabbing and squeaking. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of squeakers. So I, I prefer the quiet, cold, calculated. <laughs> you know, it's so buggy, and although the new patch is pretty good, um, mm-hmm. smoothed it out a year later. But yeah, that's I, I play a lot. I play all over the. I'm all over the board when it comes to video games. But I've been a gamer since day one. Um, yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk about what we all. <laughs> so, all right, we'll start with the basics. What was your uh, What was your in- entry? What was your starting point in games? Yeah, what popped that cherry? Um. It would be Berserk. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that popped my cherry. Because that game was ruthless. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember Berserk. Is that with the uh, the happy face that would just come out of nowhere and fuck you? Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere and fucks you. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't... You, and you fly. You can't touch the sides in Berserk. You know, everything's... Um, can, you know, you have to move through the, 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 the geometric worlds without touching the geometry around you and then of course the smiley face would come out of nowhere and essentially hone in on you and you either ran through enough rooms to to avoid it or you didn't mm-hmm. so that was i would say that that's the first video game i remember latching on to solid choice that's a solid choice what about your favorite game then multiplayer single player and oh, oh he's Just, getting fucking subcategories gentlemen put the most hours into i mean <laughs> Shit, man! I didn't realize I was talking to a video game historian. I guess. All right, we'll just do a. <laughs> I'm saying I'm a historian, but I'm talking to people who know the language, so I'm going to speak. Anti JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite hentai? I don't play a lot of JRPG or hentai. Um... Oh, and you call yourself <laughs> oh, a gamer? Yeah. Oh god, a real gamer. Uh huh. I bet. Take he... away his license. I'll bet you he doesn't even have a dark net to download Indonesian phone games. If the character holds a fucking sword larger than himself on his back, I don't play. Oh, okay. Okay. Shit of yeah. a Final Fantasy. Argument. Oh come yeah. on. Oh, I don't day one gamer, you. my ass. Where's your waifu body pillow? Oh, yeah, exposed. <laughs> you know what um, You're absolutely right. That game sucks. <laughs> Uh, I don't play those games. I, I I liked Final Fantasy for like ten seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you went, "I'm not good enough to play this," and stopped. <laughs> no, he went, "Oh, this isn't fun. The characters don't touch." Went, oh, that, oh, I see. I can I can play this first person shooter. Ah, <laughs> and it was called Goldeneye, and I went. Final Fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, you know what? Golden yeah, Eye is yeah, a good yeah, choice. Yeah. We'll give you that one. You know what? That's totally fair. That I mean, there really is, right? It's kind of a fork in the road. Now, were were you that were you that uh, that guy that no one liked who would pick odd jobs so no one could shoot you? Oh, because you were your hitbox is too. Because you're a little tiny man and all the guns go over you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rock. I didn't rock odd job actually. Oh. I just I just rocked faces. I, I fucking smoked mid lane, bitch. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's some fucking classic yeah, talk right there. That. I haven't heard that since my dad said it to me when we played on the N64. Oh. <laughs> I, I might as well be your dad. I know I'm older than all of you combined. <laughs> oh, God. You heard it here folks, first, folks. Logan Marshall Green is 88 years old. Right? I mean, pretty close. Um, no, I, I definitely put a lot of oh, hours. So cool. Cool. Yeah, when a lot of my friends were playing Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I like I like RPG, but that said, now look, um, I'm a big double MO RPG guy. I'm a big WoW guy. Um, I, oh. I'm before WoW, I go to EverQuest. Oh, we thought you were cool. I know you can judge, judge away. Uh, I'm <laughs> about it. But you know, I went through that phase too. Mm-hmm. What about RuneScape, man? You ever play RuneScape? No, but I know it. I didn't ever open up RuneScape. Surprising. Uh, you, you dodged a bullet there. Yeah, yeah, really. What? Wait, so what is RuneScape? What, well, I mean, what isn't like RuneScape? A free, it's, a, it's, it's a free MMO, basically. Like an MMO light. Like you take World of Warcraft and you strip it of like all of the intricacies in it and then just offer it up free. That's RuneScape. You got lucky you didn't play it. Yeah. You would not be an actor today, man. That You'd still be stuck on that agility grind. Really? That would ever after agility on that? Pretty much, man. That's that's a life consumer. Um, you can literally consume your life. You could go to prison. Yes, that's also true. true. I spent a lot... Look, let me just say, I spent a lot of time on... on wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I spent too many days of my life uh, uh, online on wow. But that said, I'm not the only one. I wouldn't be the first actor to say that. Um, us actors have one thing, and that's time on our hands. You know, it's how you spend it. So wait, is there like a, a secret actors guild in World of Warcraft <laughs> just running around doing raids? Like, oh, dude, I want to do this dungeon. Get Daniel Radcliffe. Like, all that kind of shit. I know there's a lot of huge actors, A-list actors who spend, I mean, for crying out loud, Dave Chappelle ran to South, America, South Africa to go play it. Where he wouldn't be arrested. Wait, 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 wait. He played WoW in South Africa? You guys know about... Now, look, I don't know how confirmed it is, but I think it's kind of confirmed. Um, remember when Chappelle... Uh, from what I heard... Now, this is just what I heard. This could not be true. I don't want to put this out there. And I'm sorry, David, you hear this, but I hope you guys have Dave Chappelle <laughs> listening to your podcast. Oh, don't worry. He's on next week. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll come on to defend himself. They always do. Um... But I heard, and, it, and this is a compliment, um, <laughs> that I'm pushing this rumor, is I heard that Dave Chappelle, remember when he disappeared, he went to Africa. And I think it was like South Africa is the rumor. And when he disappeared, he went under and just logged hours. Wow. Wow. I had no idea about that part. I didn't hear that either. But, and I've heard it. There's a couple of us. I, I had a conversation with Henry C- uh, Cavill. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's a big wow guy, as you guys really? also know. You know, um, what's his face? Triple um, uh, X. Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. Well, yeah, he's a... Well, yeah, Vin Diesel's a big nerd. He plays D&D and shit, right? Yeah, he made, a, he made the Riddick games on the Xbox. Yeah. What's his name? That loser. That nobody. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Uh, there's, there's the uh, what's that girl from uh, the, that '70s show? Mila Kunis. Yeah, she she's also a, a big WoW player. Apparently, there's uh, a lot of. I mean, look, that's it's not that far from why the same reasons you want to act is play other people. That's why I play video games. I mean, I wouldn't be an actor if I didn't play video. 
Really? Wow. Is that is that kind of what got you into it? Like you were, you know, you looked at Final Fantasy, like fuck this nerd, I could do so much cooler. Yeah, shit. what came first? <laughs> well, video games definitely came first. I'm from a, a theater family, and so I rebelled against acting because that's what my mom and dad taught. Uh, and I certainly rebelled by playing video games, but I was also playing, you know, a lot of these games um, because of how immersive the experience was. So Skyrim, Skyrim, and and um, you know, games like The Last of Us. These are fully immersive um, games that are, and I truly believe this. They tap into you emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. And they, oh yeah. Well, that's yeah. what acting is. You're tapping into an emotion. You're tapping into a specificity of thought that are, that is not your own, right? And that becomes character. And so <clears throat> that's that's why I love video games. I love competitive video games. That's why I get online and I get offline, like with God of War or whatever, to mm, play so someone good. else. Mm-hmm. You know, to play someone else. And um, and the best part about video games, you can play a woman or a man. You know, and, and, and understand that experience specifically in that way. Whereas I'm a little bit more limited uh, when I'm at. Well, Logan, I'm really happy to hear that you are moving on to bigger things. But there are some big things out there that are bad. Like big contracts, big bills, big fees. AT&T's new $800 million administrative fee is a big increase. I don't like big things when they impose on my bank account. Which is why... I strongly consider Mint Mobile a game-changing company that's taking everything wrong with big wireless and making it right. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You can even keep your old phone number. Every plan comes with unlimited talk and text. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with a 7-day money-back guarantee. Jackson, there's a call to action here. I'm going to need you to read it. Sure thing, pal. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card, go to mintmobile.com slash official. That's mintmobile.com slash official. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash official. There's your call to fucking action. Yeah. Fuck, fuck big companies. Use fuck everyone diet. that's not... Mint Mobile. Exactly. Use the little guy to fuck big companies. All right, Logan, I got a I got a challenge for you. You're you're approached by a big a big game studio. Pick pick one of your favorites, like Ubisoft, Nintendo, whoever. And they say, "All right, Mr. Mr. Green, we're going to make upgrade the video game." But the ch- the catch is because, you know, we got to make like a 10-hour campaign and it's a 2-hour movie, you got to write a brand new original script for them to play through. What what is the plot and what type of game is upgrade the video game? Oh, man, you'll have to ask Lee. I'm sure he would jump at the chance to do it um, because he definitely has a universe there. But I I don't know. I actually think the interesting movie, if there were to be another, would be to, like, see Cortez come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Kind of saved by technology. And, like, you know, you get into some cyberpunk, some really good cyberpunk universe if you get her kind of ex, you know, that kind of external exterior tech, mm-hmm. and it, you know, that saves her life and makes her more powerful. And you get to see her uh, living in that kind of superhero body. That's, that's just as interesting for me. The, the, the guy I played is the most interesting thing. It's to see him live out this 
life in his head, you know, which right. is uh, boundless uh, when it comes to storytelling. Okay, I mean, it makes what sense. kind of game is it, though? Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> You're not getting me. It's open world cyberpunk, which they have not done correctly. Although I'm hearing this cyberpunk twenty seventy seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. Turkey twenty seventy seven, yeah. But that, I'm a huge like Shadowrun guy. I don't know if that's too early for you guys, but um that was my first entrance into Cyberpunk was GURPS and, and Shadowrun. I'd heard of reboots recently. That is some of the best role playing. Yeah. Did you yes, play the, did you play the reboot, Kaya? Yeah. I like I, I like the original play. too. I didn't get a chance to play the new Shadowrun. Did you play it, Logan? You know, I didn't, and I'm turning around, if you could see me, and I've got both the old and the new right next to each other on my bookshelf behind me. Um, and I never played it, and I don't remember why. I just think I was, <laughs> I, I just was out. I don't really, I don't, I, I have all my old D&D stuff, but I don't play it anymore. Um, I just don't have the time, as a, as being a dad and a... Right. And a I was actually going to ask, it must be kind of hard now for you to really get in a good game session, what with your acting career going down and your being a dad now and going down. <laughs> okay, not what I meant by going down. I meant like occurring, being active. Going uh, up, if anything. Going up. Career's going down in flames, it's fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I actually disagree. I find I make time. Oh, that's good. I prioritize my gaming. My wife will quickly. Uh, complain about and tell you that. <laughs> um, no, I, I have a squad I play with. I mean, I have guys I play with. Um, and if I was a hack and and squishy, then sure, I probably wouldn't play as much. But like I said, um, <laughs> I like your you know, and, and we and I I, I love it because I feel like I can hold my own. You know what I mean? Uh, and at, at a certain level of gaming, so I I always. And that, and if I could be anything, again, I, man, I would. I really wish my mom had not, because I played so much video games. My mom pulled me away from it. But if I had just put more of my mind to understanding, you know, computers, PC, I would. I would kill to have more of an understanding and a dexterity with it all. Um, and to be, you know, I, if I could return, if I could rewind, I'd be a PC gamer, man. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm a console guy. <laughs> oh, man, one day, so my son. Yeah, one day. My I son. am, man. I am sad. I'm telling you, it's true. I, I, I look at pros and I'm like, God, I wish I was a pro. I mean, I know yes. they're all like 18 to 22, but, you know, I, but I, I mean that. Like, I really, I, that's why I'm, I'm, I have no issues with my son and daughter playing <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can't, can't you just buy a computer? It's it's too late, Jackson. The <laughs> no, ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. Let's be honest. It's too late. That ship's... <laughs> I don't want to give up on you, Logan. I think you well, can Well, yeah, Logan. I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen, like, Terry Crews and shit doing, like, a, vlo- a vlog where they're like, I'm going to make a computer from scratch, and I've never done it. I'm sure you can find a way. I I'm, I plan on it, and I plan on getting, a, you know, a, a build that's stream-friendly and, and hopefully VR-friendly and, and future-safe, but... I'm talking about oh, the real understanding of what's behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Right. A technical understanding. Right, right. I can get to a level where I can play pickup. But I'm talking about real understanding of what what is underneath a computer. The, and, and I mean that. Like the co- I don't know how to code. And I'm kind of, I feel I have a shame about that. Um, because I spend so much time 
you know what I mean, online, I cannot understand really what makes it all too is something that I, I really wish I could understand more. And that ship sailed. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to brag or toot our own horns, but uh, you've made some very powerful friends on this podcast. Because uh, why do you think I'm here, man? I'm, I'm using you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when I get on PC, I'm coming back. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. we are, we are more than willing to help out a friend to get into this culture here. Don't, uh, don't hesitate to look us up if you got any questions. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get you that IV drip of some G fuel in you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw it at me. I need you guys to carry me. Just carry my ass to fucking chicken dinners. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's probably the cutest shit I've heard on this podcast. Oh, my God. It's it's adorable. Carry me to some chicken dinner. <laughs> you mentioned the your kids squad. Yeah, you mentioned your kids play video games. Do you, like, discipline them? Like, are you, like, the champion in the house? Like, you'll throw down the fucking control and be like, I am the warrior. Like, and you, like, beat them at the games and shit? Or do you, like, work together? Absolutely, man. I'm like, fucking indirect vision! <laughs> I just fucking told you! Go to your room! What was that? 92nd place? What the fuck, John? You fucking slid in there?! <laughs> You don't push that point. I got I got to I got to Get out of my sight. Go walk the dog. I got to be honest, you could be my dad and say that shit to me. I'd still think that was really cool. <laughs> I think it's cool as fuck. I'd start doing like push-ups in my room with like my console on my back. This one's for you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> my finger's got to be faster. Picasso? <laughs> Can't you see they're running a dive cop? What the fuck, Junior? Give me the rock. Oh, I need to the dive here. I need you on Brigitte now. And if you're not gonna fucking pick Brigitte, then get out of my. And I put cigarettes. I think. I, I think you. I think you found your in, man. Fuck being a pro. Go be their coach. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Blowing the fucking whistle in their That's face. Amazing. You're gonna do this now, or I'm trading you in. A great scene, maybe movie, but definitely the scene. To see like the 21st century, fought, you know, uh, little league dads. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. I I bet you Adam Sandler's sporting. writing that right now. Complete. Oh, it's done. It's been thought. It's been written. Right. Make like the 21st century Rocky, but it's an e gamer. <laughs> wait a second. Diet. Wait 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 wait. Did didn't Adam Sandler already do this? Wasn't it Pixels? Oh, was it? Oh, you're right. well. Pixels was like aliens come down, and they yeah, but he was on... still like co- he was like an MLG. You're coach right. Or he was a pro gamer in that, and fucking fat Kevin James was the president. Oh, yeah. Right, that oh, guy. It already movie. exists. Holy shit! Yeah, Adam. Well, Sa- you you joked and said Adam Sandler's probably already writing this, and he fucking did. He did before. <laughs> <laughs> he did it before you. Joked Sandler, about if you're it. listening, I want my royalties. Well, I have a video game Rocky type story in my head. I'm not going to share it yet, oh, but it is a underdog. Let's mm-hmm. just, you know, you can imagine. It, I mean, I guess it's kind of, I, well, they did make it already. It's the, um, what's the Fred Savage one? Um, oh, oh, the wizard. Glove, where the Nintendo, when Nintendo used it as yeah. a monster the glove. Yeah, the, wi- the wizard, right? The wizard, the yeah, wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of your, you know. Your your underdogs video game profession you know story. Mm-hmm. I mean that whole movie was just a giant advertisement for Mario Brothers three. But that's all it was, right? Yeah, pretty much. 
So that's a that's another question on that. We asked you about uh, your dream movie. What's your dream video game? What do you what do you want to play most of all? Uh, you mean actually play the game? Which one? No, no, no. Like a, a big studio says, you know, they're going to make anything you want. Any any dream video game concept, any genre, we, any studio makes it. Did we already it. do this? Did no, we, we did say... it for... Are you talking about what is my idea of a dream video game being made into a movie? No, 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 no. Just a, what is your dream video game, period. <laughs> Like, like if you could make, if you could have any game be made, like I don't know, take a series that died and make a sequel or something. Anything you want to play right now that is not made. Um, jeez, I don't know. I like I said, I just I want that cyberpunk game. Mm-hmm. I want that, and I don't know if twenty seventy seven is going to do it, but that's that's what I would say is I want that cyberpunk. Okay. MMO. Have you seen a uh, Wild Wild West with Will Smith? <laughs> I have with Kevin Kline. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 4. <laughs> Holy fuck, I would play the shit out of that. If Red Dead Redemption 4 had a Wild Wild West tie-in, I'd buy it launch day. I fucking loved that movie as a it kid. It was a man. great whenever movie I, as a kid, yeah. and then you grew up and, oh. Well, yeah, whenever I think about cyberpunk now, for some reason, my head immediately goes to Will Smith's Wild Wild West, and I feel like such a fucking degenerate when that happens. <laughs> Not even like a cyberpunk movie. Well, it has the mechanical spider. Yeah, it's more like steampunk, I guess, in a certain yeah. way. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> this and and also, uh, I'm also looking forward to uh, the Valiant winning the uh, the OWL um, next week. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That's a Overwatch League, I believe. <laughs> I think you're more of a gamer than us. Yeah, really. <laughs> God damn, you could teach us some things. Christ, yeah. Fuck, I, I had yeah. no idea. OWL. Don't fucking walk up to me mid lane. <laughs> Actually, this is a, since we're on the topic about Orels, I actually wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Have you, did you always meet, Jesus? Did you boys even know the Calling Two came out? You know, I did. No. Yeah, Jackson and I the talked what? about it. The, the Calling, calling... Two came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Calling One hardly came out. Exactly. <laughs> and, so the best part about the Calling Two, Kaya, did you read about it before I get into it? No, I don't even know what it is. Okay, well, holy, this is incredible. So, The Culling 2 makes Lawbreakers look amazing. It It is a bigger flop than Lawbreakers ever was. It came out on Tuesday. They announced it was coming out on Sunday. They released the trailer on Monday, and then they released it Tuesday. They peaked at 249 players, and within 19 hours was down to just one, and it's never gone up. Seriously? Yeah, 100% serious. I bought the game. It's the fastest a community has died, like, I think, ever. No, 100% ever. Even, like, uh, Steam indie games, they get accidentally promoted sometimes, so you get a community. I played a fucking game on Steam that was, uh, I think it was, like, 50 cents or something. It was called, like, Contract Killer Super Loaded or something like that, and it had 100 players. The Calling 2 never even reached that concurrent amount. It's the fastest dead game, I think, that has ever been released. I only remember the calling because I watched Lyric play it for like, I don't know, a day he played it and then he was sick of it. Um, it wasn't a good game. It was an okay concept. It was before like Battle Royales really broke yeah. through. Well, it's a survival of... game. It was yeah. trash. What is that? <laughs> what did they call it? Funk? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sucks when your material is named Funk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. They couldn't even come up with cool names, but this is even worse. I, I swear to God, it was the most amazing story reading about it and then going in to experience it because they're still so shameless that they're keeping it up. So I bought it just to go into the emptiness. 
Wow. <laughs> what a waste of money. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, it's easy refund because I, I didn't even get to play it. It doesn't work because you can't play it. There's not enough players to get a single round going. I don't think Steam's <laughs> going to be on that hill dying for it. Forever. Yeah, yeah. You, you sit in the, the purgatory with no one else there. It's the most like tranquil experience. Matchmaking ellipses forever. Yeah, that's there's the culling too for you. Matchmaking ellipses. Um, that's that's sad and not surprising. No, it's not. It's just a hopping on the trends and at a really bad time with no effort at all. The developers broke their silence and said they need to have a serious discussion in the office. Wow, that's the latest from their development studio. Oh God, who who greenlighted this? God damn it, was it the janitor? <laughs> we fired him. <laughs> I wonder how much money they lost on it, because it seems like they, a lot of money went into it. So many of those corpses lying around, because everyone's going to try to do Battle Royale, and oh, yeah. Yeah. Honest, I mean, they're all going to fail, except for the few. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. There's already been two casualties in this Great War. Radical Heights, rest no. in peace, and uh, whatever this <laughs> turd was. In a way, you could say the Fortnite effect has almost made... Play, you know, let's be honest. Player unknown battlegrounds took a huge hit. Yeah, and they just oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Loving time bringing it out on console, and and you know, I know they're both under the same company. I know they were in the lawsuits and all of that, but it doesn't matter. Um, I know they're not going to, you know, whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, they took a huge hit, and they were lining, lining up to be a huge success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no know, player unknown. They made so much fucking money, and they couldn't bother in the two or three years that it's been out to optimize it once. Oh god! Even yeah. on the consoles or anything. You look at Epic Games, the guys who actually make Fortnite. They took all the money, and now they're changing up the way their asset shop works. So people who create assets for games are gonna get more money now. They changed it from a, you know how if you put your stuff on a shop, you get like a 70% revenue share, right? It's going to be 88% now, and it's retroactive. They're going back four years, and everybody's going to get all Holy the money shit, they really? would have made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy That's all that fucking is, cool That is Epic such Games a cool is. move, yeah. yeah. Epic Games is all, has always been cool. They, they had a shittier MMO before Fortnite called, I don't know, Paragon or something. I forgot at yeah, this point, but... Almost all of the games they make, they make for the sake of uh, enhancing their engine. It's always starts off sort of a, as a tech demo to find, you, you know, they just try to make games to find out what part of their engine might be lacking. And then they just create the tools and update their engine to fit. And sometimes the game just sticks, I guess, like Fortnite. And then they give it back to the community. A lot of their, you know, the... I forgot his name, but the CEO basically said we make so much money off of Fortnite now we can afford to give back more to the creators of our asset shop. Now contrast that with Player Unknown, who still has what like fifteen frames per second on the Xbox. Has that improved, Logan? Because you play on the Xbox. Has it improved since? Uh... Smoother. Yeah, it has. Okay. Yeah, didn't they? Uh, they put frames. out a they put out a big ass sweeping patch recently that actually made the game run well re- regardless to yeah. kaya's point he is right though it did oh take no them i'm not defending them at all time. i'm not defending them at all i'm just saying after finally like what three years and technical release they finally have a working functioning game 
Yeah, I mean, they're only now. I mean, we're so behind in console. It's phenomenal to me. I mean, <laughs> you guys can tell me is what is up, and maybe you don't even know this, but they have a separate for PUBG. I don't understand that. Why don't you just patch the game? Why am I constantly having to download a PTS? And I'm, this is a real question, so please answer. Why do they have a separate PTS on console than the game itself? I think they're, I think they're developed by different studios. Is that, is that no, right? No, 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 I'm talking about PUBG. No, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, PUBG, PUBG, the Xbox version, is made by a different company. I think... But what I'm saying, though, is on, on the console, there's the game, there's the beta, and then there's a PTS. Mm-hmm. What? Or public, what or, yeah. or player unknown battlegrounds. Yeah. And I don't understand why there's a separate game, the PTS, that they you know put out, try things out, whatever, and all it is is trying things out. They've been doing You guys have been playing on console for a year. You know? Mm. I don't understand. Can you guys tell me why? I honestly well, don't know. the beta ahead. server that they have, they have it's on Steam too. They have two different versions of the game, the playtest server, where they push the changes on to a couple of days earlier, so so they can find bugs and such. See, which they did then, such a good job at it. Yeah, yeah, which they will not fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and that's so, my point. It's like, you're, yeah, exactly. So why are the bugs not fixed? You know what I mean? Oh, why? I mean, I was like, I could have given you an even easier answer. Where it's yeah, they push it on there, but then they made a second test server for a single map. I don't know why the fuck they did that. I think there's three PUBG fucking installations now. Oh my god. So, yeah. I, I don't, don't know understand what... how that can be. I don't... I... Player unknowns trying to take over our systems, boys. <laughs> one server at a time. Ah, Fortnite. He's just sitting in his fucking office. Ah, Fortnite, I see you have one game. I have three. Ah. <laughs> take that. Maybe it is a long con. Maybe it's just trying to take up storage so no one can install Fortnite. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's a fucking genius. I think the PDS is like 10G, so it's doing something. Oh, yeah. He's making moves. <laughs> His name's uh, Brendan Green, right? That's uh, the mm-hmm. creator. Yeah. yeah. You guys related? Yeah. I don't know. No, unfortunately, I'm not. Damn. Well, there goes all my PUBG questions. To kind of switch gears back to movies, though, because that's that's always something that's been very fascinating to me ever since I was cut from The Hunger Games. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> the, the whole process of going from start to finish, you dir- you mentioned that you just directed your fe- first feature film. I feel like the hardest part would be finding where to film those scenes. It's not even so much as how you're going to do them, but where you're going to do them. How the fuck do you even find places? Like The Hunger Games, for example, I- I'd love to bring this up. It was filmed at like this completely off the beaten path, dilapidated old steel mill in Atlanta that I don't think fucking Bear Grylls could have found in a million years. So how the fuck do you find locations? Well, um, it's, it is another unsung hero in filmmaking, which is a location manager, you know, um, a location scout. And, um, you know, when you have a film commission who that location manager and scout work with, they they know the land, they know the area, they know the territory. Um, but the great directors, and I start all the way at the very top, like somebody like Spielberg, you know, the first thing when they see they've got a script and they've got money behind it, or even before the money, 
And sometimes even before they decide they want to direct it is let's go look at locations, you know, because it really is still just like real estate about location, location, location. And that can make or break an independent and it can even make or break, you know, a, a big time film is what's interesting. Has it been shot? You know, I mean, you can go to it, most TV or most independent and most movies have, have shot in places that have already been shot, you know, the question is, is what's been shot there and how has it been shot there? You know, um, it's not so much we walk on untreaded territory when we make film. It's about how we shoot it with a camera. So, you know, um, that location, it's, and I'm sure, by the way, you can look it up. That, that steel mill you're talking about for Hunger Games that looks so fucking cool. Mm. I bet you five movies or TV shows have shot there before Hunger Games. I, it looks like that has not been touched by non-homeless hands in over 50 years. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Well, but, but, but no that's way. the thing. It's not, well, then, 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 then we're talking about production design. Because who knows what that place looked like before the production design. Got. They started throwing rocks mm-hmm. at this perfectly fine building to break the windows. Who knows? I mean, look look at what Steve, uh, Cooper did, you know, in Full Metal Jacket. That looks like a town that's been destroyed. Right, a massive town that's been destroyed, pockmarked with gun marks. Yes, maybe it was like a perfectly I, fine building. Maybe I like really a didn't even think about that. That's a really interesting point that they just kind of reshoot on the same locations over and over again. Makes sense why they would. The director is yeah. okay. Who shot here? You know, is it fresh? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then you decide. There's so much that goes into it. Like I shot at this graveyard, you know, for this movie I did. Now it's a graveyard. Everyone shot at. But the area I went to, I made sure nobody shot. And, but they have shot there. So I went and watched the movies, not to get advice or, or, to, or ideas, is to make sure my ideas are not theirs because I don't want to repeat those shots. You, know? mm-hmm. you definitely don't want people thinking when you shoot your movie, oh, I've seen this location. Yeah. I know this was right. in AB. That's what I would worry about, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I read all the ground. I experience that a lot with porn mainly, though, because uh, I'll notice they keep reusing, like, the same set of houses and couches in, like, the majority of lesbian porn. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just, like, one director's place that he keeps running out to all the other ones. It's a conspiracy that I'm working on. Logan, I'll keep you updated. No doubt about it. I'm my, and my name's Paul. Well, all right, Paul. Speaking of porn, I got the uh, I got the real hard-hitting question. It's a, uh, it's a tradition... On this podcast, that we ask that to this to every guest that we get on. So I'm sorry you're not very special in this regard, but we are definitely including <laughs> you, uh, Logan. Do you have any interesting masturbation tales, techniques, what worries, anything? <laughs> worries, worries, uh, anything, anything I worry interesting? The masturbation will take me that you can share with us. I don't. I I do have. The whenever that question, what that question made me think of is a story that the the great playwright Adam Rapp tells. In fact, he wrote it into one of his plays. So it's not me outing him. He wrote it literally into one of his plays, and it's one of the funniest masturbation stories you'll hear. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm probably not going to do any disservice to it, but let me try. So he was staying with his uh, mom. They were touring some. I, I can't remember what it was. I think college. And he, they were staying in a motel, you know, because you go around, you're looking at these colleges, sometimes far from where you live. And so that's what was happening. He was with his mom 
and his dad and his whatever his brother his brother you know anthony rapp is a great actor mm-hmm. um and the as the story goes um he's mom and his dad leave um to go to dinner and leave him in the motel and he sees he's a kid and he sees this like you know free porn or not free porn but porn on the tv right yeah um, so he starts turns it on he buys it and he be and because he's alone now and he begins to masturbate at which point um he finishes uh and as he's finishing his Ooh. mom storms back into the motel room. oh no and he grabs the first thing, which is like his coat, and put, puts it over, you know, his his body in the bed, you know, and wipes himself up quickly. And it's like, oh my god! Ugh. And he and then throws it, you know, throws the coat, his coat over, and then and she walks in and she's like, what's going on? He's like, nothing, you know. Turns and she's unaware of what's going on. Sure, she, she is. says, oh, I'm no. sorry, I forgot my coat. <laughs> oh. Goes over to the chair. <laughs> And puts on her coat, unbeknownst to her, as she turns around, that he's used that. As- <laughs> Did you just cut out for anyone else? We're getting uh, to the climax, yeah. and now I can't. God, Logan, it. I'm I, sorry. I, I think I, your mic cut out. I, 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 where did it cut out? Uh, she, she put on the coat. She put the coat on, and as she's walking out, he could see his his load all off the coat. Now, <laughs> the... The, the the cherry on top of this is his mom has a cat. They have a cat, and he got this oh. horrible infection in his, in his neck, <laughs> and he couldn't figure out what it was. Thought he had gonorrhea, whatever it was. It was burning, burning sensation. And I guess he went to the doctor finally. Because his dick had swollen up into the potato, <laughs> and oh, yeah. and he and the doctor pulls this cat hair that I guess was Ooh. on the coats oh. out of. <laughs> no longer he realizes that, hey, he's allergic to cats oh <laughs> what a way to find out this is a fucking furball from the dick hole that's fuck that's a fucking not mine it's adam raps and i don't think he would be pissing me saying it because he wrote about it well that's quite the story i think that's that's a good story to end on as well that was a fantastic he cheated on one. the question but we'll forgive it have the story i always end my podcasts on so <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Do you have any uh, any things that you want to shout out? Any upcoming projects? Any your your Twitter account, shit like that? Yeah, man. I mean, you can find me at the Real LMG on Twitter, and you know, and an LMG on Instagram. It's kind of a one way street, but you know, get at me. And uh, I, unfortunately, I, as I said, I don't, I can't really talk about it because of the nature of us and our submissions to festivals. But once uh, we are finally going to uh, air at a festival, and we and I'm, I'm going to announce this new movie that I directed uh, called Adopt the Highway uh, that Ethan Hawke is the lead in. And it's oh, pretty cool. I think cool. you guys would be. That's very cool. Fuck yeah, man. That's Congrats. incredible, man. Yeah. Keep, keep your eyes locked to, to uh, Logan's Twitter account and keep an eye out for the release date and stuff like that. And guys, I will definitely hit you up once I get that PC up and running. Um, please, please do. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. we uh, we pretty much use Discord primarily. So now that you're in here, you can easily just slap us all. Pretty good way to contact us. Yeah, message us whenever. Cool. Will do. Um, will do. Awesome, right. man. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah.
Really appreciate it. Spending some time with us. It was really fun meeting you. Uh, thanks everyone for watching this week's episode of the official podcast. We got links in the description to a lot of good stuff. Andrew, you want to say your signature line that you've done so? I'm so glad that it's become my (laughs) signature line. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, please consider, because it would greatly help our cause to make this podcast the best that we can, watching it on an audio platform such as Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get your podcasts. And and, uh, we've also got a Patreon if you want to throw a few bucks our way. It helps keep us going, I guess. I you know, it's a it's a good way to show support and get some extras. Go check it out, patreon.com slash the official podcast. Thank you everyone for your support and watching this far. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. So that's the end of the episode. We're also doing a Comic Con thing on August third, uh, in room twenty August fourth. Jesus Christ. It's sometime in the none of you live in Tampa, I'm sure. You, there's no way you're gonna walk on over, but my chance if you do find yourself in the desolate wasteland of Tampa and find any, find any iota of interest in the Comic-Con. We're doing the podcast live. But hey, if you want to catch us live in person, actually in the flesh, look at our bodies. We'll be doing the podcast live at Tampa Bay Comic-Con on Saturday, August 4th at 10 p.m. Room 22. You can go to TampaBayComicCon.com for more info, to pre-purchase tickets, to look up where it's at, figure out how you're going to get there, because you should be there. It'll be fun. You can come meet us and hang out, and we'll talk about stupid shit. I don't know. If you don't want to buy tickets, you can just sneak in. That, too. That's a that's a thing that you can do in life. That's a life lesson. You can apply it in a lot of places. Tampa Bay life Comic fact. Con, August 4th, podcast live. We have no idea what it's going to be like, so you should witness it.